It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, What's going on, everyone? We welcome you aboard. It is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 157. I am your host, Chris Russell, high atop Capital One Arena in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. And uh, just kind of wrapping up um, coverage for my other gig at 106.7 The Fan, uh, where you can hear me on the radio covering the Washington Capitals and the Philadelphia Flyers. But we're here to talk about Redskins football. and Lots going on, lots of news, lots of innuendo, lots of rumors, lots of everything. So let's get to it right away. And as we sit here, it is late Tuesday night, January the 8th, 2019 Eastern Time. By the time you listen to this, some things could change, certainly. We will try and update as quickly as possible. But let's get to the news of the day, and that is that the Redskins met with former Jets head coach and former Arizona Cardinals defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, of course a member of the Redskins during the Super Bowl uh, era, and of course very tight with Doug Williams uh, from those teams and as well from Grambling, and a lot of people have Todd Bowles in very high regard. And the Redskins were making a pretty serious run at him. And we're trying to basically get him to not go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which ultimately he did. He chose to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians, the new head coach down in Tampa, who obviously gets a longer deal than Jay Gruden, what Jay Gruden has currently on the table. And again, it's not really a two-year deal. Even though Jay has two years of pay coming to him, it's really a lame duck year, and it's really a must-win year, and it's really a one-year deal. And Todd Bowles must have looked around and said, look, I could go to Tampa Bay, great weather, uh, pretty good talent on that defensive line between JPP and Gerald McCoy and Vita Vea and a couple of really good linebackers like Levante David and Quan Alexander uh, and some decent talent in the secondary. I can go there and make them really good under a head coach that I know I can work with and I know I like and I know I mesh with and I know wants me. Oh, and great weather and all sorts of security. And I can still probably become a head coach Again, if I really get Tampa Bay going, or I could go to Washington and be with a head coach that I don't really know, I don't know if I mesh with, 
I don't know if he's going to get fired eight games into the season, 10 games into the season, 12, 13, 15, or maybe after the season, or maybe we're going to win and maybe he stays around and maybe he gets a contract extension and maybe I don't get to be the head coach. Am I willing to take that chance to sign with the Washington Redskins, an organization that I still hold in high regard, and I'm saying this as Todd Bowles, and I'm trying to take you through the thought process, where I could probably become the interim head coach and maybe the full-time head coach in maybe less than a year, but that's not guaranteed, and deal with everything that comes with the Washington Redskins, but most importantly, not having worked with Jay Gruden on a day-in, day-out basis, or do I go to Tampa where I know I've got some job security, I know I've got at least two years to turn that thing around. I know I've got plenty of talent. The weather's great. I know I can work with the head coach. This was an easy decision for Todd Bowles, uh, in my opinion and any reasonable opinion. I mean, I don't blame the Redskins for taking a run at him. I don't blame the Redskins for trying to jump the shark here and trying to get him to come to them. Totally makes sense. The problem is, is it was probably unrealistic. And I know Redskins fans are going to be disappointed by that, but there is no way you can compare the Tampa Bay Buccaneer organization to the Washington Redskins organization, number one. And number two, Bruce Arians and his job security and the knowledge that Todd Bowles had with that to Jay Gruden. Sorry, uh, whether you whether he, he'll never say that, but those were the two things that ultimately makes his decision pretty easy for him. And it's not just because Tampa is a better organization. They have better talent. They're a better organization. And he knows the new head coach there. And the new head coach wants him. Jay Gruden, mm, okay. So that's kind of the big story there. Now, there was an initial report from Mike Garofolo of NFL Network in a test uh, tweet exchange with me because Mike Kliss from Denver, a Broncos reporter, had reported that the Redskins were one of the two teams, along with the Jacksonville Jaguars, to reach out to um, defensive coordinator for the last couple of years, Joe Woods of the Broncos, who is kind of, his status is in limbo under John Elway because they, of course, fired Vance Joseph. And the report from Cliss said that they, the Redskins had reached out about a defensive backs role. Now, that automatically got me to thinking, oh, okay, well, they're possibly moving on to Torian, uh, from Torian Gray, their defensive backs coach, but one that didn't have any NFL experience as a defensive backs coach when he came to Washington to replace um, Aubrey Pleasant and um, – um, and, and other coaches that had been here. So the bottom line is this. What happened was we Garofolo said he had heard that Torian Gray was out with the Redskins, but that it wasn't 100% official. Then throughout the day, we get some mixed signals and various reports that say, indeed, Torian Gray is out, and then – Possibly he's not out just yet. And then Bowles chooses Tampa over Washington. So as we record this, we still have no official confirmation from the team. We still have no official word from 
any sort of other credible outlet, quite honestly. And we don't know the status of Torian Gray. We think he's gone, but we don't know if that was directly tied to the Redskins being able to get Joe Woods and directly tied to being able to lure Todd Bowles. These things happen. As crazy as it sounds, right? These things happen. So we don't know, quite honestly, the status, again, of Torian Gray. That's the best I can do for you uh, at this point uh, because we just don't have any more answers. Now, being that Todd Bowles has, again, chose to go to Tampa, and again, who could blame him? The question has to be asked, what do the Redskins do at defensive coordinator? Because clearly they are trying to upgrade that area and maybe move on from Greg Minuski. But right now, Greg Minuski is still the defensive coordinator. Torrey and Gray, again, is still listed on the team's official website just before midnight Eastern time, Tuesday night into Wednesday, as the defensive backs coach. So we don't know what the status is because this entire coaching staff might be back. We just don't know. Hearing all sorts of rumors about other coaches, other coaches that might want to leave on their own, uh, other coaches that might be getting canned. We just don't know. Um, So that's where we're at, which quite honestly doesn't answer a whole lot of questions. Uh, But you should know that the Redskins are in a pickle as always. And, you know, here's again the problem. Why would anybody want to come here unless they have and get tremendous job security and they really don't have any other choice? Let's be honest. That and, and, and that's as blunt as I can be. There's nobody that's going to want to come to the circus that is the Washington Redskins unless they are getting tremendous job security. Now, one other quick note before we take our first time out here on the Lockdown Redskins podcast. It is episode number 157. Um, this was first reported by 106.7 The Fans' Craig Hoffman. Um who you've heard me mention, my colleague at 106.7 The Fan. We work together on a lot of stories, but he had this one, uh, and I was able to confirm it. Um, of course, you remember the Brian LaFamina firing and three other business executives for the Redskins. Well, the Redskins have hired and rehired uh, a guy who I know pretty well, Scott Shepard, and a guy named Ryan Calvo, who actually I don't know, um, and... Both Shepard and Calvo were working under and for another former Redskins executive, uh, Nico Farris, at Guest Services, which was a management services company. Uh, And they both had previously worked with the Redskins. Shepard was a senior vice president for the Redskins between uh, February 2008 and June 2015. He's also worked for the Vikings, uh, the NHL's Tampa Bay Lightning, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, He's been a VP and chief commercial officer for that company for the last three and a half years. And he comes back to the Washington Redskins. And again, I was able to confirm through a text message with uh, Scott that he is indeed coming back to the Washington Redskins, even though it has not been announced. Again, Calvo, I don't know anything about. uh, But I would say this, that it's probably smart of the Redskins to hire a a guy as talented and as sharp uh, as I believe Scott Shepard is. Uh, I'm not saying he's perfect. I'm not saying he's going to be able to fix everything. Um, but more importantly, somebody that knows the inner politics and the inner culture and the dirty deeds of that organization and how things are run and what you can say and what you can do and what you can't do. 
And that was a problem for La Famina and his crew. And it ultimately turned out to be one of the reasons for his demise and his firing. Scott knows that building inside and out. They know him. So congratulations to Scott Shepard, Ryan Calvo. They are two, at least, of the executives replacing Brian LaFamina. And again, they both have experience with the Washington Redskins. All right, we'll take a quick time out here. Our first one uh, of the episode, episode number 157 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. When we come back, we will put Josh Norman in the skin spotlight as we continue and do part two of our off-season spotlight series profiling a specific Redskin and going through their entire year in the skin spotlight. That's next right here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. This is David Harrison of the Locked on Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We welcome you back. It is the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 157. I am Chris Russell. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WrestleMania621, also at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins. And make sure you follow the entire Locked on Podcast Network for NFL coverage from all 32 teams, breaking news, information, injuries, game updates, uh, firings, hirings, all that kind of good stuff, opinions, analysis, at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Before we get to Josh Norman, our Skins Spotlight offseason feature, and we'll go through his season and numbers, thought it would be a good idea actually to hear from Josh Norman, part two of a conversation with reporters at the end of the season uh, in the Redskins locker room after the season had actually ended. Um, so this is a little bit old, but it's still very relevant to hear from Josh Norman, who may or may not be back here uh, next year. Uh, thought we played part one last week, so we would be benefic- benefited rather uh, by playing part two this week, or at least a good chunk of it. So here's Josh Norman with reporters. You had mentioned uh, last offseason was probably the hardest you, you really worked. How do you feel like that translated this season for you individually? Well, I think it um, went well. Like I said, I, um, I probably had most turnovers I had since I've probably been in the league. I don't know, somewhere around seven or whatever. Um, wanted to get more. My mark was 12. I fell short. So, um, But when I look down and look back at it, probably when I get a time, um, I'll see that you know I was consistent for the most part. Um, probably had a couple hiccups, but it's to be had when you're trying to be your best and at things that just don't work out for you, you go back into the drawing board and you fix them. And that's what you do as a um, top flyer athlete. You always want that challenge. You always want to see what the best is and go up against it and see if you can tackle it. And, you know, for the most part, we did that. And um, But we are going to go back into the film room and, and watch what we didn't do right and be critical on that and, and try to see if we can make those adjustments to, you know, be better because I, I wasn't perfect this season by no scratch of the imagination. Um, and I'll say that for sure, and I put that on myself, and that's just what we need um, for the team. I need to have more turnovers to help out the team more. So, the uh, your room in particular in the last you know, 
counting or so. A lot of guys come, come in and out. What's it like watching yeah. guys know and knowing that, you know, you don't know what the room will be like next year? Yeah, it's like Jeopardy. Watching Jeopardy. Could you expand on that? You watch Jeopardy? A little bit. You do? You see, uh, when you watch it, do you see the same people? Different people. Okay. Different see, people. Could the theme of this year sort of be that what if mentality that you guys started so hot and then once the injuries really started to take, take hold I mean, of this team? You got to look at that. You got to look at that in a way and see that, you know, well, if this didn't take place, then what would have happened? Because I don't think we've been 6-3 and three like that um, since I've been here and been on the road like that. And then those things start to take effect. And, yeah, as much as we want to say, okay, be great here, and no matter who's on the field, they got bona fide starters, A1 starters. And, you know, we playing with guys that just came off the street two days ago. That's not a, that's not a fair advantage. That's just being honest. That's just not a fair advantage. Um, but at the end of the day, you can't really worry about that so much of, you know, you got the material. You just got to go out on the field and play the best you can. The guys who have been here in A1 just got to raise their game up just a little bit more, you know, to try to compensate for the guys that just got here. And that's tough when you go in there week in, week out like that. But like I said, um, I try not to put things on injuries. But at the end of the day, you look at that and see, you know, where it started to um, fall off. And you can go right back there to that um, that situation in time and moment and, and see that. But, again, um, when the guys suit up and they're on the field, you got to bring your best. And, you know, it's just we fell short at that. Is it because of that 6-3 and three start that makes it a little bit more frustrating? Um, it's tough. You could say it's more of a tough pill to swallow. But then again, it's kind of like a little bit of hope in the same sense because you kind of can see where this team could have been if that would have went down the way it should have. But like I said, man, it's always a monkey wrench and something around here. We just got to find a way to, you know, get that wrench up out of here because it seemed to come back and be our Achilles heel Um time in time out and I know you know the fans and everybody you know they they really want to see a winner and feel like it's the same old Redskins of old and all this other stuff and they have a right to be why not we haven't shown them anything different so um you give them that and um you take a nod and you try to fix it and you do you really try to fix it and and keep things in house but it's hard when you know um everyone has socials everybody have ears and eyes and they can see the next steps for you. When do you expect to know if uh, you're coming back? We'll see. We'll see. Whenever um, side having me, we'll see. And we'll go from there. Like I said, I don't um, contract. I'm here until um, what? Five years? They got me. Five years. Fifty-five. So, um, like I said, I think it's one of my best season yet. And we don't grow on trees. Do you, when you, you feel like this is one of your best years, you still like feel like you're. And that group of top corners. Why would I not be? Who will says I wouldn't be? Um, when you look at it, like go back over and see like who's doing what we're doing. Like I understand that you know a lot of things are um, misconstrued a lot just because of you know who we are as an organization. And then you look at the things that we do on the football field, and it's not what we um, do individually so much that gets that like but as a whole as a group when you winning everything is everybody is good everybody is magnified everybody is doing good but at the same time when you are losing <laughs> you're not getting as much nod you're not getting much things 
I'm not going to say things to get in front of the camera to make myself more than what I am. I am who I am, and that's just what you're going to get. Um, when my opponents face me, they know what it is, and they know what time it is. I don't need for writers, sports writers, or whomever the case may be to cover us and just see the stat sheet. They go and watch a game, and they see what kind of will we impose upon our opponent. And you even ask them, they'll tell you what it is. So I don't really concern myself about, you know, um, all that stuff because that's just what it is. Um, I've been every category that is I want to become. And and so for fighting for something else, what for? What I'm fighting for is that or a championship, a Super Bowl championship. Nothing more, nothing less than that. Hell, I care about flow roles. I don't care about those. All pros, you can have them. They rank for guys that who carry themselves as such. If that's their goal, is great. My goal is Super Bowl championship. So whatever I can get within that, whatever comes with it, cool. That's just the extra crannies on the side, or whatever you want to call it. But for me, no, nah, man, I won't stop fighting until I get that. And everything else is irrelevant. It doesn't make or break me because that's not my goal. It's not my focus. It's winning the championship. And when that happens, you can kiss my ass goodbye. I'm out. Because I got so much things going on outside of this. It's almost like a stepping stone to me, to be honest. I'll be bigger outside of this than I will be inside of it. <laughs> Bleed that. All right, so that's Redskins cornerback Josh Norman meeting with reporters uh, in the Redskins locker room last week as we wrap up that part of the calendar year. And will he be back? Don't know. Here's what I do know. The NFL playoffs are here, and it's time to get in on the action with my bookie. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your relatives and friends sit around, watch all the games on TV or wherever you might watch them at the bar, and have nothing to root for and no action on the games. No juice. Nope. That's not you. Or it shouldn't be you. Not this year. Not with the big game right around the corner. It really is the most wonderful time of the year. You thought that was the holidays. Uh-uh. Nope. It is January. It is playoff football, baby. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. Ownership really cares about good customer service. They offer the craziest props. Who doesn't like a good crazy prop? Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money during the playoffs, you got to go to MyBookie. I trust them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Try, give them a try yourself. Join now. My bookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice bankroll for this playoff season. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. LOCKEDON25 when you deposit to activate the offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25 at my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, guys, we welcome you back. Good to have you aboard with us right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Once again, I am Chris Russell, 
Uh, and it is good to have you with us as we wrap up episode number 157. And we're going to do our skin spotlight here in just a second. Again, don't forget to go to my bookie uh, and get in on the action, as we just told you about, for the NFL playoffs. Some big games coming up this weekend. Dallas and the Rams, the Saints and the Philadelphia Eagles as well the New England Patriots in the snow probably hosting the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, not going to be easy for them. And the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, let's get to Josh Norman in our Skins Spotlight. Let's go through his year a little bit because it was good and bad. First, according to Pro Football Focus, they came out with their secondary rankings for 2018. The Redskins as a group, as a group, finished 22nd out of 32 teams. Obviously not good enough and not very good. Josh Norman was the 12th highest, 12th highest cumulative Redskins defender by grade. Now, again, obviously the more you play, the more mistakes you're going to make, the more numbers you're going to give up, which is going to affect your grade. We got it. He played the most amount of snaps out of any defensive player, 1,028 for Josh Norman. Again, that is the most out of any Redskins defender. His overall cumulative grade was a 68.9 out of 100, according to ProFootballFocus.com and their premium stats subscription. He graded a 45.0 on the run, 49.7 tackling, and a 72 straight up in coverage, which is pretty good. Josh Norman again played 1,028 snaps to lead the team, 387 against the run, 641 against the pass in all 16 games. Uh, and he had 40, 48 tackles, 9 assists, missed 10 tackles, had 13 defensive stops. That's a premium statistic uh, that weighs in a measure from Pro Football Focus. Three forced fumbles. And on 73 targets, according to PFF, he allowed 49 receptions for 67.1 completion percentage and allowed 644 yards, 13.1 yards per reception, 258 yards after the catch. And according to PFF and their premium statistics, Josh Norman allowed eight catching touchdowns, had three interceptions, five pass breakups, and here's the number you probably want to look at that kind of doesn't exactly shed a great light on Josh Norman's season, a 114.2 passer rating against and seven penalties. Now listen, uh, I would tell you this. I'm not the biggest Josh Norman fan, ever have been, never will be. Uh, I didn't think he was that great in year one when everybody was singing his praises. Get out of here, please. He was beat plenty of times, especially with deep speed. Had a ton of penalties. I think he had like 19 penalties or whatever it was. Um, look, I think Josh Norman played poorly at times this year. I think he certainly gave up. Uh, the DeAndre Hopkins touchdown. Uh, there were just, and not that there's any shame in that. Uh, again, he gave up plenty, and he gave up plenty of big catches. Amari Cooper a couple times on third down in the Dallas Thanksgiving week. All of that. Nobody's saying that Josh Norman had a great, great year. I don't know if I'm being honest with you that I look at his pass coverage as being as bad as the numbers that pro football focus is generating and putting out there. Now, again, I trust them. 
Uh, they know what they're doing. They're watching every single snap, play. They are cross-grading. So I'm just going to say, look, the numbers are what the numbers are, and we gave you the numbers. I don't know if his play, meaning Norman's play, was as bad as the numbers would indicate it was. Again, a 114.2 passer rating against eight touchdowns is not good. That's not ideally what you want. But I think Josh Norman probably was a little bit better than that. And I look back to the Giants win in East Rutherford where he started the game not trailing Odell Beckham and then ultimately did and did a really good job uh, on him. I look at that as a signature-type performance. Clearly, the win against his former team, the Carolina Panthers, was a very, very good performance uh, just a couple of days after he was benched for one series in New Orleans for not paying attention and listening to music and all that. Real quickly, the one thing that drives me crazy about Josh Norman is I don't think in any way, shape, or form, I don't think he hides this, he's really dedicated to football. It's not in his blood. It's not what he's all about. He's into dancing with the stars. He's into movies. He's into music. He's into doing um, reality shows. He's into everything off the field. And I do think that is a distraction for him on the field, or at least in terms of his preparation. I do think the Redskins made ultimately a mistake when they brought Josh Norman here on a five-year, $75 million deal. Can you say it's worked out okay? Sure, absolutely. Can you say it's worked out fairly okay, fairly good? Yeah, I guess so. I don't think it's fair to say that it's worked out good for the Washington Redskins. Certainly not great. That's just my opinion, my analysis. Uh, I think Josh Norman is a player that can rise to the challenge when his manhood is called out, when his pride and his dignity is hurt a little bit. Uh, But I think he's got too many other shortcomings to kind of make up for his lack of size and his lack of speed, which is the number one problem and also why he was a fifth-round pick and at one point benched in Carolina. All right, that is going to do it for us on the Skins Spotlight and episode number 157 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Thanks for being with us. Adios. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.